0: Adrienne Smith, Bud Elliott, back again for another episode of the Knollcast. So, Bud, as always, we'll thank our friends in New Iberia, Louisiana, hand selected peppers uh, for a fantastic end product that can be put on almost any meal and improve almost any meal. Uh, Always, we are fortunate to work with the good people at Louisiana Hot Sauce, title sponsor of the Knollcast. And it wouldn't be a Knollcast without us tipping the hat to them as we begin. So, here is a game preview. A game that Bud and I feel, I guess, mildly optimistic about. Certainly, one of the games on the schedule that there's a legitimate chance of you win. Um, so we'll uh, we'll jump into this here, try to figure out what we can expect to see on Saturday. Um, try to avoid some other kind of empty debates, in my opinion. And uh, we'll try to give you an idea as to how we think it plays out. But with that, Bud, let's jump headfirst into the Syracuse game preview.
1: Three thirty on the ACC network. So I think. Uh so get your credit cards out. If you haven't done your
0: holiday shopping, you're going to get, you know, there'll be some vegetable dicers and some nonstick pans and all the things that every house needs.
1: Uh, <laughs> hey, man, like I I can take that super knife they sell and cut it on that pan and that pan will not mess up. But also like the knife will not go dull. So it's the irresistible force against the immovable object here. It truly is. Every, every AC network, uh, you know, targeting review break.
0: You can tell a lot by uh, a product based off their sponsors. You know, if you're no listening doubt. to, to trash bag Terrestrial Radio and the only thing you're hearing are government-paid ads or something like that, you can, you know, figure out if you listen listening to a podcast and you're fortunate enough to have repeat sponsors, then, uh, you know, it's a decent product. So
1: I love the ones that, like, the the uh, the National Train Safety Administration Inti- or oh, whatever oh. it's called Inti- <laughs> like they've decided to dump their entire advertising budget into the uh, into this one radio program I was listening to on, on the way back in Tallahassee and uh, yeah man um, all speaking right. of
0: some good radio I'll, I'll delay the game preview even further I was fortunate enough to drive down we mentioned uh, last weekend we were in on, uh in Tallahassee fortunate enough to be able to stand out on the Patios Township but I was fortunate enough on Friday night to be able to tap into the Moultrie County High School football game got two hours of it because the Georgia Florida Park uh, Parkway kind of runs parallel to to Moultrie for a good period of time, and man, that was some of the best radio I've heard in a long, long time. I mean, every stereotype of a high school announcer—just uh, the West Blankenship guy that does the Coffee Town—he's he's honestly underselling it. He's he needs to up the uh, the over the topness all the more. It was uh, nothing nothing short of amazing. So. That is awesome, man!
1: Shout out to those guys. Shout uh, out to I, those guys. Ingram Maxie played some for me at the hotel. It was, <laughs> it, was it was, it was tremendous. All right, uh, so let's go ahead and jump into this. The line currently, I believe, is the Knowles by four and a half. Yes, FSU, an 0 and four team, is favored over a Syracuse team that is three and one. Uh, that right there should pique your interest in this preview. Got to, Got to tell you why. I have some reasons, and I also have some reasons to question it, certainly. And the total in this game is 50, what is it, 52, probably 51 now. I bet it under earlier. Not that I'm moving lines out there. Yeah, it's 51, 51 and a half at uh, at some spots. Anyway, it hasn't moved all that much. Let's go ahead and start. When FSU has the ball, I think that's the side that has a a little more intrigue here. And uh, this course is brought to you by the legendary team at Hamilton Home Loans. Shannon and Chad do a tremendous job. Well over 200 NOLCAST listeners now have got their loan through the legendary team. 844-FSU-LOAN. That's 844-FSU-LOAN. Great seeing those guys last weekend at the Louisville Game Watch Party Listener Appreciation event. It was a blast. wish the game could have been a little more exciting. Uh, but I got to tell you, man, FSU... They have a real challenge here in the Syracuse defense. This thing is no joke. Uh, it's it's pretty damn good. It's complex. They know what they're doing. They had a new coordinator, uh, I believe, last year. They've made big time strides in it. And FSU has some real personnel concerns, right? I mean, obviously, both quarterbacks pretty limited this week in practice. I expect Milton will be the guy. I think come Saturday. Jordan wearing that knee brace, not a good sign, in my opinion, as far as him being healthy. Robert Scott, I assume, will give it another go, uh, but he gave up, what, four sacks last week? Not all on him, but a bunch of pressures as well, given up. Just very clearly still hurt. I know you think both guards are still ailing. Uh, we'll see if, if if Smith can go at the center position. And in previous weeks, I would have just stopped the podcast right there and said, all right, This is all I need. That's all I need to hear, right? They don't have a shot to win this game if those guys are out or hurt. This is a little bit different. This is a this is a a game that if you're FSU, I I do think it's important you go get because if you win this one, you know, could you could you find a way to win three or four? It's crazy. I have to say that. Like I recognize how 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 nuts that sounds, but this is this is a situation where you could still win the game, Um, and that's because Syracuse does have they have some areas on defense that I think you may be able to exploit somewhat. They do.
0: I mean, it is a, uh, it's an interesting thing to say about an own 14, but the matchups in general, I think are, are decent for you here. I mean, they run, uh, they kind of run a, a pretty unique three, three, five. Uh, so you can, you can make certain extrapolations based off of that, but, uh, they're going to try to be aggressive. They're going to try to cause chaos. Uh, they kind of fit with some of the things that I think you can do, um, with a shorter passing game, to be perfectly honest with you. Now their linebackers are really active. Uh, I think you mentioned in pre-show that they're fourth or fifth in the country when it comes to defensive
1: uh, havoc. Yeah. Not in the conference, in the country like that. I knew that they create a lot of havoc, but that surprised me. It's like, Ooh, okay. That's, you know,
0: they're, they're aggressive in what they try to do. And and that is certainly kind of what the whole defense is built around.
1: Yeah, man. Um, I don't like this matchup for this offense all that much. It concerns me. Syracuse is very good at limiting explosive plays while still bringing a lot of pressure. It's not a great combination because FSU so far, literally the only thing they've done is hit like seven explosive runs. And I know I was talking to Brendan Sonone earlier in the week, and, and I don't want to steal his stats, so obviously Brendan Sonone knows 24-7. He mentioned to me, and I forgot the exact number here, but I think it's like seven runs for FSU is accounting for more than half of their total rushing yards on the year. That's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy. It's also indicative that you've hit two large home runs. Uh,
0: but yeah, you're right. It is. It, well, that's interesting. So I know that you just said you don't love this matchup. Uh, let me clarify what I was saying, and it's good for us to disagree slightly here. Syracuse, uh, at least up until this point, it'll be interesting to see what they do with a team who can fully prepare for one quarterback, in my opinion. They will let you complete some short stuff. Now, you're right. Uh, you mentioned this as well. A lot of that's off screens, but I, I think you've got this would be maybe the one week of the year that I would wholeheartedly want Milton to be the two of the two quarterbacks that I would choose Milton. I think you've got to lean on his decision making and an arm that can find you space in, uh, you know, eight yards down the field. He, he's got to put it in those boxes. Um, and if I was to choose one of the quarterbacks for a defense like this, uh, Milton would be it. Now, obviously, from that statement, we have to talk about uh, tight ends that aren't very good and wide receivers who may not be in the space that they need to be. Um, but I do somewhat like what you can do with your quarterback, who your quarterback here is, and kind of the general framework of the opposition defense and what they give up, or what they, to this point, have let other teams have. The
1: the quickness of the recognition is going to be key for Mackenzie Milton, right? Like he definitely processes the defense faster uh, than Jordan Travis does, and in this game for sure. I mean, assuming that Milton or that that Jordan is still hobbled, like Milton to me, even if he's kind of a statue, because I don't think he's very healthy either. uh, I think it makes more sense to to play him because of the short passing and his ability to get rid of the ball quickly. Um, I, I agree with you there. Now Syracuse has not been as good with run defense as it has been with past defense, That's true. Now it doesn't mean that they have a bad run defense. They just, they don't have a, a great run defense, right? I mean, they, they've had some problems, uh, with, with run defense, as far as run defense consistency, you can run the ball on them and stay ahead of the chains, or at least some teams have Ohio actually did a pretty good job of that. Um, now Ohio didn't score in the red zone, but they, they did a fairly decent job of that. Uh, Another guy that did a pretty good job with that, honestly, was Liberty, and then Rutgers. Rutgers just kind of Rutgersed it with his million turnovers to to beat those guys in the dome. Um, now, can FSU stay ahead of the chains? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But that to me is going to be a major key in this game, making sure that you find some success on first down. And look, let's be frank here: FSU has been like one of the absolute worst teams in the country. In standard down success rate, they are a hundred and twenty-third. In standard down down success rate, they are literally dead na- dead last in the nation in average yards to go on third down. Dead last, one hundred thirty. They average nine and a half yards to go on third down. <laughs> that is that
0: is no oh, that, is, that right. is hilarious. It's so nuts. I had not heard that before. That's uh, I can only laugh at that stat. Oh.
1: Yeah, I, I pull these stats the begin the week,
0: but. Here, here's the thing about this defense, and, and maybe you're going there. Here's the thing that scares me. I talked about why I was mildly optimistic. Third and nine and a half against this defense. Third and eleven. You may not. You may not just be punting, bud. You may have a quarterback who's chalk lined uh, in the backfield in a fumble with somebody scooping it and score. I mean, if they if they get you into these type of situations, I'll be fascinated to see what the play calling is because you you have a chance for some really negative. Big plays. Now, obviously, that's the case all the time. But with a defense like this, that's as aggressive, and some of the stuff that they draw up, I would, you know, it's they've got some exotic stuff that's fun. It's fun if you enjoy defense to watch some of the things they do. Um, You could you could self destruct purely based off what you do on offense here. If you get put in bad situations and you aren't aware as to pass offs or whatever else may be, uh, that uh, I told you I was kind of like the matchup. And that other side of the coin is where the, I have
1: some real concerns. 100%. I, I got to tell you, I don't really hate screens and draws here on, on long downs. I think this is probably going to be an ugly football game. Okay. It, you don't have to win this as a thing of beauty. In fact, you probably won't win this as some sort of thing of beauty. And that it, it's just, it could be tough. Um, however, Syracuse. I, I just talked about how Florida State has one of the absolute worst. Let me pull this up here. Uh, average yards to go, literally, not one of the absolute worst <laughs> as far as as far as yards to go uh, on 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 third down. Syracuse, interestingly, here defensively, they're 129th in average yards to go on third down face. So that's 5.5. So literally, Ingram, I, I'll go out on a limb here. I do not think you will have two teams that are so diametrically opposed in this category play ever again this season. This is so, like, I don't see that. That's a weird, weird number to me. Um, yeah, so just something to, to, to look out for. Uh, Syracuse really does seem to be very good at not allowing, uh, like, the explosive deep ball on standard downs. Like, they don't really seem to get hit with the play-action deep stuff. They don't really give up explosive runs. You're going to have to be disciplined this week. You're going to have to take the short stuff be patient with these guys, and if you find a way to hit explosive runs, like I, and I'll get roasted for this in the comment section again. But like I, I do think this staff is actually a really good offensive staff, and they're going to have to smoke and mirrors again this week, most likely to, to maybe confuse Syracuse. Another point I want to bring up though, is that they have faced some teams so far this year that I think are a little suspect, offensively. Like I believe in these stats. Obviously, their opponent adjusted, so that does matter to me. But I got to tell you, man, ohio Ohio didn't look that great against Louisiana Lafayette, and they moved the ball some on Syracuse who couldn't score in the Red zone. All right. Rutgers offense is just it's bad. It's like worse than Florida State Bad. Um, Rutgers is winning with like a great punter and five turnovers a game. it's It's pretty impressive. Well, I do think they're pretty well coached, but they they don't have the horses either. Albany, not really concerned with that. They dropped 62 on Albany. Liberty. Now, they won that Liberty game with a 20% post-game win expectancy. So, certainly not a dominant performance. Their projected margin was actually negative 9. Uh, Liberty had some success on this defense. They only scored 21 points. They had a couple untimely turnovers and a uh, you know, couple couple fourth down failures, and I, I think a field goal failure as well. We were, we were watching that game, remember? Um, right, on, uh yeah. On the laptop because the hotel didn't get didn't get uh, AC network. It won't totally shock me if FSU is able to to hit a big play. It's not like they have this this defense is a force field preventing all big plays. They, they only played four games. Maybe FSU can figure something out here. Uh, but using multiple backs in the formation, maybe using more tight ends. Although last week it didn't really work very well. Um, who knows? Maybe you spread these guys out super wide and, and make them declare. Uh, where they're coming from and, and, and run off at—that's that's another possibility. I don't really know what they're going to do uh, for that, but have to find a way to to be much better on standard downs here. Because the one thing I am confident in is that if they get you in third and long, you're screwed. You you will not win the game if you're constantly in third and long, unless you just happen to find some way to to totally shut down their offense, which I know we'll talk about in a second. Um, they are eighth in sack rate, by the way. In the country as well I, I am worried about like the lack of offensive line chemistry here being a problem you know like very inconsistent lineup both in terms of who's in and who's healthy so like, if i had to design an offensive line it's like all right you guys want to do a bunch of like complex like blitz pickups how about the one that like never plays together that that could be an issue i don't know we'll see been some uh
0: some brief flashes of uh well, a DLT, to his credit, he, he's been injured. But when normally when you do see a, a real good pickup, he's involved. I'll put, yep. it, I'll put it that way. I think that's fair. So, um, all right, before we transition over to what it looks like when Florida State is on defense, we'll thank our friends at Congruity. It was uh, great to see Matt Lewis and uh, even brought up another team member with him out there at Township. Uh, Matt's been nothing but a, a fantastic addition to our team here at the Knollcast, and we are wildly confident that he would be uh, the same for you as well. So you can reach him via email at Knowles, N-O-L-E-S, at CongruityHR.com. Or uh, you can learn more about Congruity via telephone, if that's your preference, 844-247-4100. Again, Congruity, been nothing but great for us and for uh, people now, and it is experiencing your, your business optimized, and we would encourage you to spend 10 minutes with Matt and see if the partnership can be as good for you as it has been for us.
1: You know, I was thinking about this. We probably should have talked FSU's defense first. Because I know a lot of people aren't happy with it, um, but I will say I, I think that this this offense kind of plays into your hands, I I think. Now it'll be important to know the status of Briggs and Cooper if those guys are going to play. If they're not going to play, I suspect Cooper or not Cooper. Excuse me, Love uh, it. I I suspect Love it last week was concussion, just because sunglasses on, towel on the head. So, they're not if you have COVID, they're not gonna let you on the sideline,
0: like right. Total, total straight close, which was was surprising. I mean, we talked about it, it was surprising to us. I heard her whisper about Love It, but look, you hear you know, you hear things throughout the week. I didn't expect total street, you don't know they're gonna
1: go or not go, yeah. So, um, dent, meanwhile, I didn't see him on the sideline at all. So, I suspect that, uh, you know, maybe we'll see him back in 10 to 14 days from the time of last game. You catch my drift on that.
0: So, yeah, so that is not a
1: not, not a suspension. A I I asked about that. I said no. He's not suspended.
0: If you can speak the the coded language of the crazy times that we've lived in over the past two football seasons. Okay, well that makes me feel better. I mean, not that a kid has to deal with that, but that it's a uh, you know situation outside his control and was not a VOTR or anything else.
1: So uh, Syracuse is still running that uh, Baylor style spread where they have the the wide you know wider like the wide wide receiver splits and. They are not running it particularly well, I will note. Uh, they are 83rd or 85th this year in the country in SP+. However, it is a very different looking attack this year than it has been in recent years. Uh, they seem to have realized they cannot throw the ball. Their passing game is uh, not quite as bad as FSU's, but it's certainly not great. Um, 93rd in passing success rate. Not uh, So they're not really dropping back and throwing the ball with a whole lot of consistency there. Neither is FSU. They, 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 they kind of look like the Knowles do in that regard, um, their pass protection is poor. Uh, they are about as bad as FSU is in that regard. They're 106th in sack rate, 111th in, pa- in pressure rate <laughs> allowed. They also have tried to take some at times have tried to take some play action shots deep, and they're actually allowing 11 percent sacks on standard downs. So a lot of those have they have not been able to uh, to protect. And as such, they have basically just said, "Screw it! We are not going to throw the ball. We are going to become." Like a spread option team. Uh, and that is what they're doing. They are not playing with quite as much tempo as they did uh, last year or in previous years. Part of that, I think, is because they're, well, I think there's probably a couple different reasons for that. But uh, one of them is that they are not running, they're, they're not throwing the ball very much. They are running the ball a ton, dude 74% run plays on standard downs. So basically, three out of every four. Standard down, you're getting a, a run so far out of Syracuse. That is twelfth in the country, uh, and so if you take out the, like the option teams, obviously because Navy's probably going to throw or you know run the ball a lot, Army, th- those type of teams. Syracuse, among like the non-triple option teams, is easily top ten in the country uh, in standard down run rate, and so that is very interesting to me because I I do think that FSU, like the one thing they do really damn well so far this year. He stopped the run. Like, I know Notre Dame had offensive line continuity issues. Uh, Louisville did as well at times, and they have some different challenges with the backs. Who has really run the ball all that well on FSU so far this year? Now, I'm not saying this defense is impenetrable, but if you told me, hey, this is a great passing offense, or hey, this is a great rushing offense, I know which one I'm picking to face.
0: Yeah, no, it, it, in that regard, particularly with who their likely quarterback would be. I mean, this is this is the type of offense that you want to face if you're Florida state. I mean, I think uh you couldn't hope for a better pairing with with what you have on the inside and some of the strengths of your defense in general. Uh I am even mildly optimistic that you may get a significant play out of your secondary this weekend uh because of how this pairs up and and the quarterback that they may be working with. So, uh this is as good of a matchup uh, on the defensive side as you could hope for, and certainly if uh, you pay attention to where Vegas has this line, this has to be so sole, well, not, not solely rooted, but certainly uh, largely rooted in the matchup that we're talking about right here.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that. Um, look, you need Jermaine Johnson and Keir Thomas and Robert Cooper and hopefully one of Briggs or Lovett to come back and play well. I think Delosha's been playing well for you. Uh, Gaynor and and Lundy have at times uh, done a nice job filling. Obviously, you'll have Williams back in the secondary, which is an important piece of safety. Jamie Robinson should be good to go. So, like, I think you should be fairly capable of defending the run in this game. Uh, I will also note we talked about some things. Hey, like, who is Syracuse really, really faced offense wise? Uh, but what defense the Syracuse faced? Now, I'll give them credit. They have faced a pretty good run defense in Rutgers. Uh, but as far as the other guys, not not really, man, um, it's not like Ohio has a good run defense. It's not like Liberty has a particularly great run defense this year. Uh, so you know i'm I'm interested to see what happens here with this i'm I'm a little. I don't know. It's not like this run game, even though Syracuse is running the ball a lot, they're not really running it great. I mean, they're running it better than FSU is, but almost everybody in the country is doing so. Um, that's not really that hard to do. I I just, I'm a little wouldn't totally shock me if Syracuse's offense does not do that well. They are starting Garrett Schrader, the quarterback, because he's much better with the run than Tommy DeVito was. Um, like I said, they really have not had a, had any success in terms of hitting explosive plays on offense. So, obviously, a, a bit of a concern there. If you give them up, hell yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you're giving up explosive pass plays
0: to this offense, then uh, you've got a secondary that is blowing some fairly significant assignments. Uh, or you're just getting beat one-on-one with it kid that's not the type of quarterback that you think would win too many, you know, uh one on one perfectly thrown balls. So yeah, uh, good quarterback, uh decent wide receivers, nothing special. Or, or sorry. Sorry. Good running back. Uh no, I'm not I'm not impressed necessarily with a quarterback. He's certainly there because of his legs. You're right. And Harris is a is a good prospect, but uh not somebody that they feature all that much uh when you look at it as far as what his production's been this year. So
1: yeah, they're gonna they're gonna throw the ball to Harris a lot when they do decide to throw it. Um, like this, to me, is just gonna come with can you put Syracuse behind the chains? I I am not super confident in Syracuse's ability to, to play with the ball behind the chains. Um, maybe they can, maybe they can't, but I'm I'm not super confident that they can do so. Uh, if Syracuse stays ahead of the chains, they'll probably end that streak of not hitting any explosive plays. They, they'll they'll probably be able to hit some kind of play action on you because. I expect this defense to to kind of give that stuff up. Um, but yeah, like they they feel like they they, they seem to be fairly confident running the football and it's just gonna be on FSU to take that runaway and see if they can.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh anything else we want to touch on, or can we jump into the prediction phase of the podcast here before we answer one or two quick listener questions?
1: Uh I, th- I think we can we can pretty much go to uh Go to predictions here. What uh what what do you what do you have for us? I I
0: don't see this game being very high scoring, but I see Florida State winning a game 24 19 somewhere in that area. Uh, you know, you lower to mid twenties, them pushing the edge of the teens. Uh but I, I do think Florida State wins this game. <clears throat> Fingers crossed here. Uh if you let this one slip by, you got some real problems. But uh yeah, not not that you uh, don't have them if you win this game either, but I feel confident. I think your defense is in a good place here to get you a win at home, and uh, I <clears throat> see Florida State getting their first win of the year.
1: I will go uh, FSU. Let's go FSU twenty-three, Syracuse twenty-twenty, Syracuse twenty. So I. Look, guys, I really don't know. This first this first game in a couple of weeks that I really thought FSU had a real shot to win, um, given who I think is going to play and not play. And that's mainly because I think Syracuse has some real limitations just like this team does. But they actually have to go out there and do it. And I, I don't think that, like, you know, they're going to have to play well because the, Syracuse has a very good defense so far this year. And... It may just be whichever offense may, makes fear of mistakes. Uh, last last week, giving up 11 tackles for loss to Louisville uh, does not uh, does not really encourage me all that much.
0: All right, real quickly, listener questions. Uh, first one comes from Butch. Butch asked, "Us, hey, guys, what are your thoughts on the recently announced $20 million earmarked for Dope Campbell Stadium? Uh, that's a good question, Butch. Uh, I made a couple of calls and uh, think I have a decent idea as to uh, the situation surrounding this. I mean, this is certainly not a, a financial windfall for Flutter State, right? I mean, this is uh, uh, obviously resources are finite, and you would rather be granted 20 million than not. But my understanding is that the genesis of this is some of the surveys that they did in preparation for um, not the, certainly not the enlargement of dope, but the reconstruction and some of the uh, renovations that they would be making uh basically a lot of stuff out of code a lot of stuff not in line with expected uh building practices 2021 i mean that that is where a lot of this money is going to kind of bring you up to speed and continuing to allow doe campbell stadium to host really large events and and bring in you know be a significant breadwinner for the city of tallahassee in the in the broader panhandle but this is uh this would be Bud if you were to go and open up the mail and see that you had a twenty thousand dollar bill and then realize that insurance was going to cover it, right? I mean, this is this is kind of finding a big expense out of nowhere and then maybe not having to come out of pocket uh, for it. So again, you'd rather have it than not. Certainly, I mean that is that is relatively clear. But this was not a uh, you know going down to the bottom of your driveway and finding a, a check in the mailbox for twenty thousand dollars and you being able to you know go buy a new grill and uh all the other things that I'm sure you would do with that money. So
1: I would. Okay. That that's that's a uh well, I appreciate the answer. It's not really the answer I was hoping for, but I'm I'm glad you dug around on that. That's uh I guess they got to make sure they're up to code. Don't don't want to be <laughs> not up to code, obviously. <laughs>
0: Don't want to be not up to code. Next question comes to Wit. And there were a couple questions here involving this subject. I mean, it's basically the general ideas. Is Florida State playing, you know, to its level of play? And is Florida State's some of their success based off their opponent adjustments? I mean, that's a conversation that's been out there since our instant reaction podcast. Man, I, I would just say this is a loser conversation. Now, no, Wit. I'm not saying that what you, you're a loser or anything else, but a fan-based debating is to Hey, do we suck or do we really suck? Is not one that I really want to jump headfirst into. Okay, if the what we saw in the second half and the end of the second quarter against Louisville is real, that'll be made abundantly clear to us over time over the next two three weeks. I mean, it's not. Uh, uh, I think that there are faint traces of legitimacy. <laughs> okay, uh, I think that you saw some real things. I mentioned in the instant, you know. Uh, Jarvis didn't come up and, and make some real serious tackles because Louisville stopped. Certainly uh, the move that Ja Corbin puts on that safety in the in the open field first or second play, of the second half. that's real. And Corbin's a turned in. I don't want to call him a great back, but has turned into a really good back. and this is from somebody that has uh, been as optimistic about Corbin as, as probably anybody that follows his team. So um, I think there's elements of it, but look, it's also just human nature. man, I, I make it abundantly clear. Uh, or at least try to over time. I, I wasn't a special college athlete. I didn't play at Florida State, but I did play the game. And man, you know this too, Bud, just from high school ball. When you go out and you go touchdown, touchdown, field goal, touchdown, touchdown. Wait, you, I didn't hear you say punt. Did they punt in the first half? Right. No, I, I don't think I skipped over that. It's hard not to, just as a, from a mentality perspective, adjust particularly to a team that you think that you're going to come in and beat, and you go touchdown, touchdown, field goal, touchdown, touchdown. Um, unless you're some kind of 2013 Florida state machine, Alabama, 2008 to present, whatever it is, uh, it, it's hard not to maybe slide back into a gear. And then I think Louisville made some decisions to protect their quarterback later in the, in the second half. But, and this is who gives a damn about this argument. I mean, one, it's going to resolve itself Two, It's a fan base arguing with itself over again, as I said, Hey, are we bad or are we really bad? Um. that'll that'll clear itself up in the near future
1: yeah i i i do want to like so I, I talked about this a good bit on, on the tuesday night show um happy birthday by the way
0: um it was about my birthday's in april but it was a birthday gift that was given to me in april uh so Got it. and it was a great concert it was a lot of
1: fun. did you get any birthday wishes on uh, on twitter
0: uh i had a couple of people reach out and say hey that's my birthday or um, that's my wife's birthday or something else like that. So, yeah, I was supposed to be a 420 baby bud. I think I've mentioned this previously, but I put my mom into 26 hours of labor. So my birthday is April, April
1: 21st for what it's worth. That is, yeah. that is quite a bit. Um, the one thing I, I want to clarify is, like, I think I said, like, took their foot off the gas. And I don't necessarily mean that, like, Louisville's coaching staff tried to go into a shell. I'm sure Louisville's coaching staff wished that the team would keep their foot down. But I definitely think you can see a lack of intensity there from Louisville coming out. And Louisville's not a great team. Like, they're really nothing special. So, you know, that, that's, that's my opinion on it. We'll, we'll see. I mean, you can make some of these adjustments, which I know they did. I don't think they didn't do... Any, you know, It's not like they didn't do anything differently in, in the second half. Uh, but, like, come on. They also tried to make adjustments in the first half, and they didn't work. And the numbers to me are pretty clear here. As far as like how far down the field Louisville's trying to throw the ball as well, right? I I know that was what it was less than half as deep in the second half. Okay. So, you know, uh it is what it is. I hope that I hope that like some of their stuff holds true. Um we'll see how much zone coverage they actually want to play against Syracuse this week, right? They don't tend to pass guys off in zone very well. So maybe they will. You'll know, be able to uh to play more man and get away with it.
0: Third and final question, and we've already mentioned our friends at Madison Social and Township and the good time that we had last weekend out there with them. But we'd always encourage you to keep them in the back of your mind. And uh, at just as it was great for us for a 3:30 game last weekend, if you're uh, in town, there's no better place to spend the hours leading up to kickoff than our friends there uh, at the end of Madison Street. So Rolando asks, Mike, is in your opinion, Mike Norvell? Or will, in your opinion, uh, Mike Norvell's press conference and the uh, emotional answer he gave be a defining moment in his tenure? Again, I don't, I don't want to directly <laughs> use the same phrase, but like this is kind of loser talk as well, like just vapid, dumb stuff, in my opinion. And, and Rolando, I'm certainly not calling you dumb, but guys, we're talking about a press conference. Who cares? I mean, I, it was great to see him have some emotion. If you care about that. But Florida State will not be a successful football team because Mike Norvell gave it a passionate answer at a press conference. Now, at the same time, for the people who are like, oh, well, I want more than words. Well, dog, it's a press conference. He can't give you m- – he can't go out and kick Corey Clark in the chest uh, as an answer at a press conference. I mean, the, that is how you have to respond in that moment. So I'm I'm trying to be fair here. But uh, I just think there's a the, – and this is what happens when you're 0 4 There's a bunch of – there's a bunch of uh you know b s being talked about right now, whether oh or, how good are we or are we just bad, whatever else, if you're a Florida State fan, be concerned about the fact that you haven't had an athletic director in one thousand one hundred and thirty six days be be concerned of the fact that you haven't had a real athletic director since two thousand and eight I mean l- concern yourself with some of the actual problems of the program and not this week to week kind of vapid, meaningless crap as to. You know whether or not you're uh, just bad or really bad or whether or not a press conference is a defining moment or a turning moment or whatever else i think this is all just noise and uh, you know i'm glad a, a media outlet was able to have a nice successful clip on that and good for them but uh we won't in in three years but if we're either talking about the obituary or the second contract uh, for Mike Norvell, I, I will reach through the computer and slap you if you try to suggest that this press conference was a turning point in his time or that anyone outside of people like us
1: gave a damn about it. Ingram, I, like, okay, just, this is a total, like, first take style force debate. I think it absolutely is the defining moment, <laughs> right? We know they clipped that and I think you need to scream to, at to, me louder if that's hey, the... Man, uh, yeah. It was a defining moment, man. <laughs> You're stupid. Like, yeah. Uh, God, how could it not be the defining moment? <laughs> Didn't you see Tim Tebow say, "We will not lose another game this year"? Isn't this the Tim Tebow moment for for Mike? Nor-
0: oh gosh, no. I heard people who cover this team in message boards label that as an achievement, as an achievement, but as an answer in a press conference, an achievement. What in the hell are we doing? Uh, right. We just need to let's get back to focusing on things that are uh, far more impactful than just surface level horse crap. So that's, uh, listeners, uh, again, I said this certainly not directed towards the questions we took tonight and the individuals asking them, but, uh, uh a wee bit frustrated with some of the general, uh, you know, buzz about that's, uh, people are concerning themselves with right now.
1: Do you know what I would be concerned about? If Mike Norvell got that question and messed up the answer, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like yeah. he's got to be speaking from the heart, right? He's going to be saying, Hey, uh, you know. This is what it is, and this is how it works. We want guys to come in, be unique, be self-driven, et cetera. And that's just kind of it's kind of what he said. Uh, but no, I, I I get it. It just seems like kind of I don't say me, but kind of meaningless. Like with so much other stuff going on,
0: you know. Uh, I think it's kind of meaningless. Uh, complete agreement there. Yeah.
1: All right, uh, so I hey, think we're done.
0: Yeah, I mean, that was a, uh, a short preview, but hopefully one that we're right about, optimistic on. We've picked losses in back-to-back weeks, so it felt good to pick a win. felt good to pick a win. It'll feel even better if we're having to flip a, flip a coin as to who does a victorious Instant Reaction podcast. That would be great. That would be great.
1: Um, I, I, will, I will take this one but yeah, <laughs> on Saturday. That's fair.
0: That's fair um, after doing three losses in a row, I'm, uh, it's in our contract. You have to do all losses, I right. think, uh, <laughs> unless I'm in the stadium and then you have to- uh, I've got to talk to my attorney. You slipped the clause in there that I was not familiar with. And I will happily talk to mental health professionals to, uh, add a little bit of legitimacy to my argument that, uh, no, old, old poor feeble-minded Ingram doesn't need to be doing depression conversations. Yes. Very, right. very, I've got to talk to, who who owns and operates this business around here? Let's uh yeah let's figure out what's going on. The
1: plate box is uh, over there. Yeah. <laughs> Are you? Did you see that? By the way, like, did you see this Miami catch? No. This catch in the Virginia game. No, I did not. So I don't know who the guy is for Miami, but he goes up to make the catch, and he basically like the like he falls down in the end zone, and the ball pops off his chest, and it falls into the lap of the Virginia player who's also laying in the end zone for a touchdown. And then Miami gets an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, which looked like it was going to be one of the most hilarious type unsportsmanlike conducts because um, which which is always player gets mad at the ref and then another the ref comes and says it's actually incomplete and then it's still first down because you got the unsportsmanlike conduct. But they went to review and they called it a touchdown. So it is 27-14 20, uh, Virginia. Miami has uh, is actually hung a little bit tough. They're being outgained 358-116, to 116, but UVA can't seem to. Uh, punch the ball in frequently enough here, in this one. Anyway, yeah, um, yeah. Derek King's out and Garcia's out. We'll see if if King plays again this year. Yeah, I, yeah. We got a comment or question about that. Did you hear that on the Tuesday we, show? Did. We, I listened to your Tuesday show. I, like, I, be, I can't uh, confirm that, but obviously, if he doesn't play, then that game is more more winnable. I guess like a fired up FSU team at home with a good defensive line. I mean, look, I do think there's a lot of, relatively speaking, a lot of winnable
0: games left on the schedule. Now, a lot is probably too big of a phrase for me to use, but certainly more than we would have expected going in. And Like, is Boston College winnable? Like, uh, they look
1: fairly good in beating Missouri, I yeah, guess. So yeah.
0: It's tough. It's but. tough. But I, I do believe that if you can get uh, a victory and if you can even string together consistent, competent showings where you're not EKG in from one quarter or one half to another, that, uh, yeah, you might you might s- start to see a little bit of general improvement. And you're always going to have your limitations based off, you know, go back and listen to uh, seconds, you know, 35 through eight uh, minute mark if you want to see why so you're only going to be so good. Uh, but I do think that there's a chance for this team to uh, to have an, uh, a relatively nice little finish to the year. may not be reflected uh, purely in, in wins and losses, but I, I do think that there could be a nice, uh nice bounce back, if that's the right phrase. If they get healthy, if they if they get healthy, and if like like last week, I had real considerations or real concerns that a starter on the offensive line wasn't going to play because the injury ended up playing. Yeah, uh, that was part of the the pessimism that I had on Thursday night when we recorded that podcast. Uh, you got a lot of guys that are. Uh, I'll give I'll give credit. Look, Dylan Gibbons, a kid in the transfer portal, he doesn't. He's I, it's, it is my belief that that kid's playing hurt and, and giving all that he can. Obviously, your right tackle is and uh, DLT's been limited all year. You've, you've got some guys on uh, on the line of scrimmage that at the very least are are uh, trying to gut through it. So I, I will tip my hat to them for that, if nothing else.
1: No doubt. All right, buddy. Uh, we'll, well, I guess I won't see you on Saturday because we will probably just one person do in the instant, but uh, talk to get on Monday. Enjoyed it. This has been the NOLCast. The Knollcast is created and hosted by Bud Elliott and Ingram Smith, music by Judson Wright, and produced by Justin Robinson. Go Knowles. <laughs>